Hey everyone, welcome to Flywheel, your number one source for everything Frax, DeFi, and everything in between. If you want to know what's going on in the world on chain, you've come to the right place. This is DeFi Dave, here with Capital K, and we're here to help you harness the power of the flywheel. And this time around, we had a fellow podcaster, DGen, and honestly, all around enthusiast and lover of the space that we're in. We had Rogatachi on from Yunt Capital, and honestly, we... From the beginning till the end, we just hit it off and we just kept on flowing from the get-go. Um, you know, I really liked Vibe with him, with him from a literary word cell level, honestly. Like, we both, like, love the narrative and storytelling and, like, you know, how can we better communicate the space to both, like, internally to people that are involved with it and externally to people that are curious about it. Um, Kit, what are your thoughts on this one? I think this is honestly one of my favorite pods. I, I feel like in the beginning, you and, and Rogue just had like this bromance word yeah. thing going yeah. on. And I was like, all right, I, <laughs> I got to come here and then ask some hard questions and, and yeah. really drill down because he's, you know, he's obviously a, a super humble dude and he's done a great stuff in the space. He's helped a ton of builders and obviously he pushed out his content. Good, uh, good will yunting. So everybody Good go well. and check that out as well after listening to this pod. Yeah, no. And you know, I've listened to their podcast so many times before. So it was really a treat to have him on and kind of full circle because I remember just like walking around and like trying. It's hard to find like good content that to in this space. And like they definitely like hit the mark with Goodwill Yunting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on that Dude. note, if you want good content and you want more of it, don't forget to subscribe, hit that <laughs> bell button like comment let you know let us know what you think of our flywheel content uh don't forget to follow us on twitter at flywheel pod join our telegram group at flywheel pod you can follow me on twitter at defi dave you can follow me at zero x capital underscore k and let's get the flywheel spinning do you hold eth but don't know what to do with it want to earn those juicy liquid staking derivative yields but don't know where to start well frax eth is there for you FraxEats is Frax's native LSD solution, allowing you to earn boosted yields in multiple ways on your ETH. If you want to get started, go to app.frax.finance and turn your ETH into FraxEath today. Today, joining us for this episode of Flywheel, we have on Rogue Itachi from Yunt Capital. Yunt Capital is it's like a collection of Anons, builders. Uh, they're their own, I guess their own VC firm, but mainly like they populate this Discord channel and they just share alpha with each other. You know, they have each other's backs. Um, I'm a huge fan of their podcast. Um, I think like, honestly, like a lot of inspiration, especially like being like for builders, by builders, like comes from Yun Capital. So it's really an honor to have you on Rogue. Oh, thank you, man. That's, uh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a crazy ride with Yunt and the, and the podcast, but I have a lot of fucking fun and, and, and you guys are doing some dope shit out here too. So I love it, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, it. Of course. Of course. Can you give us uh, our listeners who aren't familiar with Yunt Capital, like a little bit of history about it and you know, how'd you guys get into doing a podcast? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Yunt kind of started, we were all hanging out in the Alchemix server just back in kind of the early days. And it was such an awesome community back then. And there's just a group of us and we we're all anonymous and we're always shitposting together, always, you know, aping into 
horrible Ponzi's together and, and once in a while, you know, sharing some alpha and making good, good plays and ideas. Uh, and eventually we just kind of spun off and started our own discord uh, with, with really the core people. And we just realized we had a lot of people, really smart people with distinct skills and ideas. And we began to basically like meme about being a VC firm and then people came to us and like, yo, we're down. <laughs> like, do you want to invest in our project? <laughs> we're like, hell yeah. <laughs> and so uh, it was it was pretty awesome to see that. And it, we've just kind of snowballed. And we have some incredible, incredible partners in this space. Uh, we love working alongside people. And I mean, we really pride ourselves on on being very hands-on VC. We, we like to you know, frequently talk to our, our partners, throw out ideas, help them with whatever, you know, marketing, tokenomics, building, like whatever, whatever and wherever we can help. We love being involved. And, and so we're, we're trying to be a very kind of different VC in, in this landscape, um, not, not just shoveling money wherever. Uh, and so, yeah, that's been a lot of fun. And in terms of the podcast, uh, I, I'm just someone who always loves learning. And that's one of the things I love about crypto is there's always something new to kind of learn. And so I was just like, there's so many smart people out there. I don't know enough and I want to talk to them and, you know, hopefully some other people can learn from our conversations. So I spun up a pod and started getting some really exciting guests and was like, Hey, you know, I have questions and I seem to be pretty decent at asking questions and, and making some jokes and people seem to enjoy it. So it's, it's been a, like <laughs> ongoing, it's been an ongoing project mm -hmm. for me, but I, I love, I love it. I learn a lot from it. I have a lot of fun and it seems like, you know, listeners do as well, which is, which is really, you know, what matters. So yeah, it's, it's kind of our background there. So as a podcaster, what do you think makes good content? Like what, what do you think makes like, a really stellar interview like oh like that one hits yeah i think it's a mix of a few things i think uh i'm i'm always a fan of having humor in there it just keeps the attention of listeners you know whenever possible and just like a, a little nice balance of humor here and there uh keeps people listening and engaged which you know over like a 45 minute hour podcast i, I think is important you know uh even if people like to keep it on the background uh, but for me, it's also just about like honesty and curiosity. As the host, I like to be really honest with what I don't know and what I do know, and really curious about you know what what can I learn from this from this person, from this builder, from this you know behemoth in the space. Because I know I, <laughs> I I'm a smooth brain. I I barely get you know anything. So <laughs> having on these awesome <laughs> guests is is an opportunity to learn from people who have been doing it longer, people who are smarter, people who are really uh, good at specific areas or things that I really don't know about. And so it's, I like to just bring that curiosity whenever possible. And it seems like that gives the opportunity for, you know, the speakers to, to talk about what they're passionate about rather than me trying to like pigeonhole them into one thing or another. And, and that's what I've found. And uh, that's kind of how I like to do it. But I'm curious, what about what about you guys? What do you what do you try and like strive for on your Potter? What do you think uh, makes makes for yeah, a great I, episode? I, as a fellow smooth brain in arms, <laughs> uh, smooth brain in Christ, um, I, I definitely agree with you on being intellectually curious and just trying to learn. 
Um, you know, I only know so much and I know what I'm good at is listening and trying to translate complex ideas into easy to understand concepts. Yeah. So when I have like a lot of builders and guests on trying to like take what they're building and try and like, you'll see it in my eyes when I try to like rehash and rephrase what they just said and interpret it. And I'm, I'm hoping like, oh, like the listeners can get like a better idea of like what's going on. Uh, what about you, kid? For me, I like to dive deep, bro. Like I, I'm the guy mm -hmm. on the pod where I was like, oh, all this, you know, a soft, touchy feeling about, you know, building is great. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I dive right in there and be like, explain to me the risk of your mm, protocol. Yeah, how yeah. many, <laughs> you know, how long is your data point back testing? Where does the yield come from? Like, I, I love I, it. Show me it on the chain. <laughs> you know, so Dave and show I have receipts. a great value. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause I'm like, the, yeah. I'm like the idealist. I'm the word. So like, I like, you know, you know, kind of painting a picture of the dream of like what can be, what could be, right, like right. you know, sell me and I'll help you sell. And kids like, where are the numbers? Show me like <laughs> what how it works. Yeah. Is it sustainable? <laughs> it's a great combination. Yeah, honestly. that's a great balance. Um, I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, yeah, let's get like right right into it. I'm curious, um, from all the guests you have on, like what are like the best pieces of alpha you've gone on from past guests? Ooh, man. Ah, that's, that's such a hard question. We've had so many brilliant people on over, over, you know, the course of, man, it's been a good bit over a year right now. I think, um, I, I think back to our first episode actually with, uh, Fiscantes and we were talking about Olympus in, mm. in the very early days, but mm. he just dropped so much like knowledge about like philosophy of like how people act in markets and and just like how people act in general and you know some of some of the things he talked about back then are just still so relevant and so pertinent um and so like i think back to a lot of his comments uh often and and how he 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 takes the philosophy of crypto of like this is all just one big experiment and a lot of shit's gonna fail and blow up but like this shit that does work, that does create something new and decentralized and transparent and awesome. Like that's what we're here for. And I, I, that resonates with me because I do think a lot of this is experimental. Uh, and then we've had so many builders on that have just fucking blown my brain wide open. Like a, a more recent one is like Doug from CrocSwap where he was just, Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a brilliant dude. <laughs> <That reaction>. oh. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's the right reaction. <laughs> he's just yeah. such uh, a How did that guy. one go? Yeah. I mean, yeah, um, he completely yeah. like changed the way I think about exchanges and markets and DEXs and, and how that whole space runs like from top to bottom behind the scenes, you know, user experience, MEV side of things, just, just all of it. And so I just felt like I had such a more full grasp of, of how, how that works and uh, how price finds itself and the ways in which there's toxic, uh, you know, price action liquidity and, and good and, you know, flows and all that. So I, I just felt like my brain expand, you know, with, with each word he said on that, that episode. So it was really cool, but man, it, it's just been so many awesome guests over the years. It's, it's hard to, even, yeah. it, you know, pin it down. It was a trip having Doug on. Someone send Doug like my reaction to that because I was so I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'd love to have him on. So Doug, if you're listening, hit me up. Yeah, uh, we can talk Croc Swap and everything. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, that's really cool. Yeah. So like, same thing with us. Like, some of my favorite guests that we've had on are are threaders. Like, 
Haim and Barry, you know, mm. people that live on the chain observing what's going on, you know, Haim like was our second episode ever. And he was just dropping knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb. And we were, me and Kit were just like sitting and just like silence and amazement, like and jaw <laughs> drop, like just keep going, Haim, keep going. Yeah. And same. Yeah. And then having like the builders on, um, like, uh, like Jala, um, and, and, uh, and, and fucking sorry, Indigo. No, I'm sorry. Uh, from the Olympus guys, the Olympus guys yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Indigo. Uh, Indigo. Yeah. That it was great. Like hearing their story, like talking builder to builder. That's what I love. So whether it's talking to them, you know, talking to Xerox semi from redacted, like having like those type of conversations. Mm. And of course having like the deep fracks alpha podcast, because we're like the mm -hmm. only source for like fracks information for certain fracks information and just like getting like real deep into the protocol in ways that hasn't been done ever or like or like previously in the past it's just really cool and just like learning about it and trying to like tell the story of fracks better because it's like well, fracks is one of those protocols that's just so dense and deep you know to really get a grasp on it you have to have like level four of like <laughs> being in DeFi and crypto and even then like there's like more to go yeah. So just like, you know, I think like all of us as podcasters, we're just storytellers and we're trying to tell the story of crypto and DeFi in a manner that does it justice. Yeah, that's so funny that you say that because I originally come from a uh, writing background where I, I studied literature and I was a same. I was a fiction same. writer. Yeah, uh, I yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I wasn't a fiction writer. I was a political science major and history philosophy minor. So all I did was write papers, just like nonstop. Yeah, no, I feel you. But it, it is, yeah. I think, such a skill to uh, be able to communicate in this industry and whether it be like super complex concepts or just the understanding the narratives behind things or why something may become important or like imagining how it could build out to this future, you know, necessity in this space. It, it, it's a creative skill that I think is really important. And like you're saying on, on the podcast, like that's one of my favorite things is being able to have on these incredible guests and they open my imagination to all these new possibilities and then me being able to like break it down in easier ways, like, like you, like you do well. And, or even just like saying, okay, well shit, we can go from here, you know, or build out this, or this could, you know, create this sort of atmosphere or new opportunities for people. So it's, it's, uh, unlikely, I think for most people kind of pairing, but, but I, I find it to be really important and works well in this space. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's actually such a great and underrated pairing. We need more storytellers. And that leads me to my next question. With that, like, fiction, writing, storytelling, literature background, like, what do you think DeFi protocols and crypto in general can do better to write its story? Because I feel like that's, some, that's something that crypto really struggles with, both from a narrative perspective, from a lingui linguistical perspective, like trying to tell our story. Like, I feel like a lot of people from the outside are confused. A lot of people that might have taken the crypto pill trying to like navigate their way through the space are confused. Like, what can we do better to be better storytellers in the space? Oh, uh, that's, such, that's such a good question. Uh, I think part of it comes down to like, we're still finding our identity, right? Like, we have trusted these big CFI guys like SBF and 3AC and, and all of this. And, and now we're getting burned on a lot of that. We have, you know, tr in some ways like trusted DeFi and, and some of that has worked really well, but we've also like hung our hats on things that haven't worked so well in the bear market. Um, like, you know, possible tokenomics things and, and just, you know, valuations and stuff like that. 
And then we have aspects where, you know, people are just like, this is all about the money. I'm just going to buy whatever goes up next. And, and so I think there is, uh, we have to kind of understand all of the different aspects and figure out what our path forward is. And to your point, I think this is about a group narrative, right? Like what is important to us in this space? And as we figure that out, we can push a stronger narrative forward. And I think when it comes to DeFi, like something like SBF shows, in my opinion, so much why we need these transparent, these decentralized protocols. And yet the narrative isn't quite coming out that way, right? We're still getting the cryptos all a scam narrative because of the FTX collapse. And so if we can better build out this narrative of, of what our core principles are and why we're building the things we're building, I think it will resonate with a lot of people, but we just need to say it in like a succinct, understandable, and, and to your point, like a good story way where someone, where anyone can come from any place and be like, okay, that's something that resonates with me. Like, I don't want to trust this person with my money, or I don't want to, you know, trust mm -hmm. this thing with all of my money, or I want to have other options when it came, comes to custody. Um, and I've, I kind of had this yeah. conversation in Costa Rica with a bunch of people, just, just normies as to like, they didn't understand the, the draws of crypto. And, and as I was explaining this, they're like, okay, like there's alternatives here that are really important. And I, th I think that's what crypto does best. We create opportunities, we create alternatives and being able to like build out that aspect of the story, I think will be really important moving forward. Yes, yeah, so let's break it down. What are those core principles you think that we should be pushing? What are those values that we should, that we should be pushing that will you know, shape the narrative in the future? For me, it comes down to transparency, decentralization. Uh, it, it comes down to safety too. In, in terms of protocols, mm -hmm. like I love DeFi, but right now I don't feel comfortable dropping, you know, a hundred grand into a protocol for a 3% yield. Like the risk to reward is not there because yeah. of something like, because of the hacks in this space. And so like, that's something we mm -hmm. need to get better about. And I think that's something that just comes over time, but it is important, right? Like we're not going to have normie adoption if they can lose all their money in a random rug, you know? Or a random hack yeah and i i think long term like we do want these transparent decentralized trustless systems to be used by people who need them right people who might ha have access to good mm -hmm. banks who might have a currency that's super inflated who you know don't trust the monetary policies of their governments or or whatever right and so like to me those mm -hmm. are the core principles and inclusivity um just open opportunity again like uh, being a non, like, I, I think it's really important to have a space where yeah. people can come and present their skills and be given opportunity. Right. Like I was saying, I've, I've a literature background, <laughs> can't speak for a second background, <laughs> <laughs> a literature background. Yeah. As, as you can tell by my expert use of language, I have a literature <laughs> background, <laughs> oh. but you know, I, I came into this finance world and if I tried to go to a Wells Fargo and like, Hey, I want to be a venture capitalist. Here's my resume. I write stories. They'd be like, you know, go fuck yourself. But in this space, I can come through, say like, Hey, this is what I do. This is what I have to offer. These are where my skills are. You know, if you like it, 
you know, let's work together. If you don't, then, you know, I'll find something else. But just having that open opportunity was so huge for me because I don't have that traditional resume. And yet I am really good at this stuff. And so th these are the core values that really Hell excite yeah, me are. about crypto. <laughs> 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 Thank you. I appreciate the hype, Bob. <laughs> yeah. But you, I'm the podcast host. I have to be the hype man for the guests. <laughs> Yep. Keeps like, prove it to me. Prove me you're good. <laughs> it's like, show me. Show me. Let me check yeah, the let chain. Me check the chain. <laughs> no, please don't check the chain. I'm down bad, bro. I couldn't agree more. Like, for me, when it comes to like what crypto, Web3, and DeFi should value, I think it's constant encouragement of experimentation and iteration. Mm. Uh, we had on, you know, Amin and Sam, you know, a few months back. And what Amin uh, pointed out, like, what's really cool is we can do these monetary experiments that used to just be academic papers um, in real time and, like, right. constantly, like, analyze them, evolve them, see what works, what doesn't work. Like, that's really cool. And we can build, like, a better financial system that way, something that works. And who knows, like, especially with observing stable coins and observing like how stable coin experimentation has went from the beginning of the first gen of stable coins, which was almost two years ago till now, it's been like really interesting to watch at times, terrifying at times, really exciting. Like the highs are super high, the lows are super low, but at the end of the day, like, you know, the, the TAM of stable coins is the global economy. Like everything just goes back to stable coins. And, you know, that's why like we really, I mean, I have my story about facts I mentioned a bunch of times, mm -hmm. but uh, that's why like I find this experimentation so interesting. And like what you said, like anonymity, meritocracy, like anybody, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter your gender, your age, where you come from, your background, where you were born. Like if you can build and you're hungry, like there's a place for you in crypto. And that's what I really love about it. Like it doesn't really care about anything else. It really says like, fuck you to like the old, like, standards and traditions of the old world. And it's like, okay, like what new traditions are we going to build in this new world? And so, you know, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for the culture and I'm here for like supporting builders. So like, I, I love hearing what you guys are saying earlier about how um, this is a meritocracy. We're here to build something and we are here to provide inclusiveness and bring all people in. But yet we have billion dollar rugs hundred million dollar exploits, bridges are nowhere safe. So I, I'm trying to understand like, where are we in this narrative of everybody come, you're hungry, come and build with us. We're gonna build something amazing and billions of people are gonna use it. Like, where are we on this track? Cause I can't yeah. imagine you would be experimenting with a billion users yeah. at, at this is like the world's most dangerous game of Jenga. You know, I think like, like the, yeah, I think like I, I saw this point raised uh, online recently, like with all the, like the positive merits of cryptos, like to be objectively honestly speaking, it does attract a lot of grifters and a lot of like short term minded people. And you see that um, you see that with like the SBFs and the three ICs and like how they acted in the space as like total extraction profit maxis to an unhealthy degree. Um, and it's really toxic. Um, and, you know, and um to like, you know, to your point of like, how can we like defend against that? I think it's like a matter of calling them out more. I think like people need to be more vocal, like, you know, and like the problem is like, there's no reward for being vocal against mobs. 
you only get crucified by the mob. Like, look at um, who what was his name? Mm-hmm. Like Al God and you know Freddie Reynolds and them when you know they were growing up against Del Kwan last year. Um, there, there's there's nothing gained unless you bet like a million dollars. Of course, there's nothing gained. There's you know, so it's like it's in the incentives are there more to like just like be quiet and build. But as we're like realizing, like for like the collective good of the space, you can't just be quiet. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to take a kind of different approach, although, mm-hmm. although I, I really like what you're saying for sure. I think it's a struggle in a way because at the end of the day, this is kind of a money game, right? And mm-hmm. money games attract money-hungry people. And for all the opportunities we have in crypto, I, I think the biggest one is to reimagine a financial system, right? One that can work for people as opposed to have some side of some sort of ulterior motives or obfuscation or whatever that has you know like in 2008 or or the past left the normies in the dust right left them holding the bag so to speak and so that's an incredible opportunity but to your point it comes with a lot of pitfalls when you're trying to build that out like when you're building anything from scratch especially things that are experimental and and theories and and ideas right it is, uh, it is hard. I mean, you're starting, you're starting from all from the from the base layer, and and there aren't these, um, there aren't these insurances that there are in tradition in the traditional world, and sometimes for the best, but often that that hurts people. And so, like knowing those risks, I think is really important, and and that's why it's a degen game right now. But, you know, for it to be a, a long-term normie game, like, we do need to shore up these things, right? We can't have an experiment like, like you know, if you're going to call uh, USD or UST an experiment, right? Like, you mm-hmm. can't have that blow up the space. Mm-hmm. You can't have it get so big that it's, whatever, $12 billion and, and you know, sends everyone into mass liquidation. $20 billion, yeah, and sends everyone into mass liquidation, right? Like, it, it can't get and that's kind of the struggle of a bull market right where it's just throwing money into these these early things and and the risk to reward is so high that the dgens will take it but it can leave a lot of the the people that do want the more secure aspects of crypto uh burnt sometimes and so we i think the bear market for all the terribleness that is going on uh one of the opportunities here is that you are allowed to build and experiment and iterate without everyone throwing into, you know, a billion dollars into your protocol day one or before the smart contracts even like fully published, right? Like that is have being able to experiment with less money in the pool and with, uh, you know, more, more intelligent investors, I think is important. And I think we'll see more gated releases, uh, more like slow, more caps to vaults or, or things like that in the future, right? But I do agree with your point, like, if we want this to be the future, if we do want this to be a real financial alternative, it can't be this many blowups. It can't be this many, you know, rugs. It can't be this many, you know, hacks, right? Like the, the, a normal person can't be like, okay, I'm going to put in, you know, even 25% of my money and, and believe it's going to stay there. And then, oh shit, it's gone, right? Like that's just too much of a risk for anyone. So I do, I do agree with what you're saying, and and that's kind of what we're trying to do here, right? Is is build something better for the future? Yeah. In terms and like of the, the reason why I oh, brought that up, 
Yeah, go ahead. I just want to say the reason why I brought that up was because like all these blue chips DeFi, even Ave with the whole Avi curve attack, right? It, it, it makes it or rather a very profitable trading strategy is like that actually caused me to rethink like, wow, it's like DeFi even safe, you know? And and this is like the most blue chippy, chippity blue that you can yeah. get. <laughs> chippity blue. So, 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 so where do you go from here? If this yeah. is like the best thing you can park so, your money in and it's no longer a cold safe. So well, this didn't is, that guy end up losing money? Yeah, he, yeah he it, was a, it was an unprofitable trading <laughs> but, strategy. But yeah, I get that. <laughs> But I get the point, right? Like to be able to manipulate liquidity, you know, in these types of environments isn't, isn't like, Ooh, yay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That leads me to my next question. So like if we were to make this safer for normies and regular people, um, does that, uh, need, require the government stamp of approval? Like, does that require, but regulation, not in like trying to like say like, Oh, you can do this or you can't do this more in regulation of like, these are like, the rules, these are the instructions. This is what like this is like what you can do, what you can do, what you can't do. Um, but well, give more guidelines than like trying to like more guidelines than anything. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, is regulation required to get like the normies comfortable in? I think that's a good question. I we've talked a lot about regulation after the YSC collapse or after the FTX collapse on mm -hmm. our you know young capital podcast. Uh, I think I, what I would like to see is intelligent guidance around regulation, mm. right? So that, yeah. so that like people who actually know what this shit is, what it does, why we're building it, right? For them to create like clear and coherent guidelines in a way as to like what can be, what can be used and why and like how. And, and I think, you know, we, we don't want the regulators coming in and being like, okay, this is all this and you know we're going to use laws from 100 years ago to try and regulate it like that's never going to work mm -hmm. but uh to the flip side for them to be able to like pick and choose where they want to attack or why or you know building a protocol i see this a lot with our partners like they're building protocols and there's just so much gray area around regulation that they don't know how or what to build or or if in the future it'll be compliant and, and like that level of gray area doesn't help anyone, I think, because it makes it hard for the builders to know what they can and can't do. Uh, regulators, it, it, it just makes them unsure about, it makes it gives them kind of pick and choose ability, right? Like in a bad way and they can get wrong as to what should be regulated and what shouldn't. And, uh, but you know, I think I think regulation is going to be really important in the future. And if we did have clarity as to regulatory guidelines and kind of remove some of that risk from the system, I think that does help because I see it in builders and investors as well. Like it's it's so open right now that that no one really knows uh, what's safe and what isn't in that sense. Yeah, and if that regulation does come, it's going to completely change the landscape, whether for better. Or for worse, because right now we're in this wild, kind of wild west, wild west gray area environment where people are like unsure, like what's right, what's wrong. Like, sure, there's like certain regulation in some areas, but not too. No one's really sure. But once like things get like sure, then a lot, and then it will probably bring like a lot more builders and a lot, I would call them less risk averse builders, and it's going to really change the environment of like what's being built, honestly.
You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think. You know, as a, a second order effect here is like, okay, let's mm -hmm. assume that we did have regulation in place or, already. How would that have stopped something like um, the Luna Anchor implosion, right? Or how how would that stop uh, FTX's kind of fraudulent, you know, commingling of of, of funds, like? that's fraud right it's outright with or without regulation that, that that would have occurred anyways right um well wasn't the uh, ftx us arm actually fully solvent because they weren't allowed to like commingle the funds in that way the so i think was, like yeah yeah so i think in like some small way even if it wasn't 100 percent because of that regulation like that actually did help users right in that like it, it it didn't it couldn't happen on the FTX US side because of how that's set up, and like that's a good thing, right? Like <laughs> that not happening is a good thing. But I think I, I I agree. Regulation doesn't necessarily stop all fraud or criminal activities or anything like that. And I'm not sure it would have even stopped Luna. But I think having clarity again for builders is important. Uh, you know, like the tornado cash thing, if, if you're building something mm. that might kind of be a little considered a, a risky build and you just see the tornado cash guy go to jail, like, that's fair. no, you know, no, how, how are you going <laughs> to fuck that? Like, I'm not I'm putting my freedom <laughs> on the line to like build a decentralized protocol. And even if it's one that's important, right? Like, I think yeah, there's iterations of the tornado cash model that can be, uh, you know, a bit a bit clear on the regulation side, but also still really helpful and secure for users and, and make that side of DeFi safer. But like, you're not going to build that right now, you know, because of regulation and the crime activity. So I think there are areas in which, you know, giving people confidence as to saying like, okay, you're allowed to experiment in these ways. And, you know, you really can't in these ways because it puts a lot of funds at risk or it's, you know, promotes this sort of, you know, scammy activity or whatever. Right. And so that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Just really intelligent guidelines that will like push, push things in the right way where it creates more opportunity without, uh, you know, holding back some of these experiments that we think are so important to crypto. Got it. And you know what, let's go what right do you into the most important. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I wanted to ask a uh, real like, what does he think is the most important DeFi experiment right now? Is it more DEXs, Lightning Protocol, Bridges, stable coins? Like, where, where are you thinking that we need more experimenting? That's such a good question. I actually think this stable coin space is the most important right now because it's the biggest point of failure. Like, <laughs> If, <laughs> well, you know, Most on the line. well, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I think if like, if for some reason, if this were to happen to have, have happened to circle and Coinbase and not FTX, like everything would have went to zero. I think mm -hmm. like yeah. the loss of USDC would be like, that would be the end of DeFi for actually 10 years, in my opinion, because mm -hmm. it's so integrated in so many stable coins 
And it, it is like the de facto stable coin. And people already like are afraid of, you know, USDT <laughs> where like it, no one's going to be like, oh, that one's left. So, I'm, and you know, yeah. USDC just died, but I'll still use that and YOLO all my money into that. Like it would just, I, I think that is really the like, you know, that picture of like all the building blocks and there, there's like one tiny stick like holding up the whole side. Like I yeah. think USDC is that right now. Oh. And I, I think... I, I think like I think it's safe to be fair. I'm not necessarily worried about it. I'm not a doomer on USDC or anything. But I think for long term adoption and just for the safety of the space, like we do need an alternative to USDC that is decentralized, that is backed, that is safe, that is secure, right? Because we can't just we can't rely as as we've seen with the FTX thing, with 3AC, with Luna, whatever. Like, no matter how safe something appears, we can't, you know, put all our hope into one thing. And so, like, that is where I would love to see some, like, stronger iteration in the future and 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 creating something that's really strong, really safe, really stable. Uh, I think that should be a really important, uh, ex- really important area of focus for DeFi in the future. But it's also a tough one, you know. I, yeah. I, I love... I, Commend you guys for building a stable coin because it's not it's not easy. You know, it's it's yeah. a really tough one. You really have to be a masochist to build a stable coin because there's DeFi, which is like, you know, yeah. you gotta be careful. But then there's stable coins where the success is binary. It's either one or zero. It's either worth something or it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so like you really no, gotta be sure. you have to be like a brain surgeon. You gotta hit have a hundred percent hit rate. Otherwise you're just dead. That's what I'm saying. Like someone else, I would really love for you to do it because I'm not doing that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't know how anyway, but we're, fuck we're here to way. support, <laughs> you know, we're here. We're yeah, here, yeah. We're, I'm we're here to, to support. Help. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. So exactly. Going, I'm curious, going back with, with USDC, do you think it's like, if you were to speculate, is it like something with Circle? Is it something with Silvergate? Like what, would, what makes you uncomfortable about US like centralized stable coins like that? So I, I'm not... Like I was saying, I'm not actually uh, super worried about it in terms mm-hmm. of it being insolvent, but I think like something could happen with regulation, right? Where all of a sudden oh, regulators, yeah. if they were to pull some like a really out of left field, you know, it's possible, right? Or like a really out of left field, you know, uh, bankruptcy or, or something that happens in TradFi that actually leads to like a USDC going down, right? Where it's just, again, I'm not super worried about USDC right now, actually. But the fact that it is, I see it as the one pillar holding up all of DeFi. And I don't want that, right? Like, I don't want this whole decentralized system to rest upon one one thing, you know, especially something that is centralized. You know, I would like to see some other option be built out. So in the future, like if USDC were to go down for whatever reason, again, I think it would be uh, not likely, but out of some, you know, crazy alternate future, which we see can happen, unfortunately, right? Mm -hmm. Like I do want there to be another option where something like DAI is still mostly backed by USDC. Frax has, I love you guys, but a lot of USDC backing, which again, isn't a bad thing, but like it's not uh, necessarily a a true alternative, if that makes sense. There is... Of course, some USDC backing, but I have to correct you. So the majority of backing oh, is... Oh, please do. So like, this is a whole misconception, wrapped USDC. Um, it's not like DAI, 
where Zai, you have the PSM. And so you just have 3 billion USDC sitting in a smart contract. And so like Circle in theory could blacklist that smart contract. With Frax, mm. what it is, is you, you have the USDC and that's deployed across a plethora of strategies via the AMOs. And so the most popular, it, does that make sense so far? Um, do you need a, do you know what an mm-hmm. AMO is? Yeah. So the most popular, largest AMO is the Curve AMO. And so most of the USDC is in the form of Curve LP tokens. So it's really the Curve LP tokens that are backing Frax. It's not the USDC. So if USDC, if Circle were to like blacklist, you know, Frax, they would have to blacklist Circle. And then at that point, DeFi would have much bigger problems. So I like to say, like, it's not that Frax is backed by USDC. Frax is backed by DeFi. It's backed by the AMOs. It's backed by Curve, Uniswap, Aave. Now, like, Frax's own native primitives. So you have Fraxland, Fraxswap, you know. It's backed by DeFi. Yeah. That's the way I would think about it. And so, Okay, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I, do, I do like that. But I yeah. guess in terms of this specific example, like, if yeah. USDC were still to go to zero, yeah, it, then Frax I'm saying fucked. it wouldn't be like another yeah. <laughs> alternative, right? Like I could yeah, use and then everything's Frax fucked. instead of Z. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you know, that's just what I'm saying. Like yeah. we can't so, have like, that yeah, for like long the thing, term in my opinion. The thing is, it's like right now, like when it comes to building a stablecoin, you have design choices in the stablecoin yeah. trilemma. And so like in order for stablecoins to scale properly, like the way to do it right now is to add something like, USDC as collateral, but like in the future, that could be different. You know, something that could happen is right. like ETH reaches like global economy market cap. You can have it backed by ETH uh, or, you know, or something like that. But, you know, for right now, like if you want to build like the most useful stable coin, something that, you know, depends what the goals of your stable coin are. Like Frax's end game is to be the central bank of DeFi. How is it going to do that? I mean, later central bank have the AMOs like OMOs, you know, go for the frac for the the Fed master account, go for the Fed master account. And so Frax just has like different prior, there's like, there's no right way to build a stable coin. The right way to build a stable coin is that it remains pegged to a dollar. As long as it's that, boom, you have your stable coin. <laughs> it's just like a matter is like, as like a user, like what you're looking for in a stable coin. Like at the end of the day, people want to go back to a stable coin that's pegged and like that stays pegged. Like, you know, there, of course there are decentralized yeah. alternatives and like, you know, like Rye and LUSD, but like, you can't really scale those and like LUSD, like God bless it, but it can't maintain its peg. Um, it's always like, a, I mean, it's a floating peg, which is fine. Um, and like, it's like a worthy um, alternative for those who like have those concerns. And, you know, I feel like the, like that concern is like romanticized a lot and for good reason. But at like the end of the day, like you can think like in practical terms and idealist terms, and there's really no, you know, right or wrong answer. It's just like a matter of like, what are the number? What are what are the numbers of the at the end of the day? What the name of the game is like? Who has like the most stable coins in circulation? And right now it's like Tether and USDC, and then you have BUSD, um, Dai, and Frax. And so, you know, it's a yeah. game of yeah. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I do see it as like a really big and long term problem, like that needs to be addressed and understood and and built out over time because I 100% agree with you right now. Like you do have limited options in in being able to build out a stable coin that scales and that's pegged and that works correctly. Um, You know, I just think long-term it's something that we should keep experimenting on and and, and try and find alternatives. You know, that's my hope. 
I agree. And like, I feel like um, stable coins like Frax and Dai, they give a buffer for that experimentation to happen. Because if you had like, because they're in this middle ground. And so, because if you just had like Tether and USDC and then like LUSD and Rye, you know, their market cap would be completely eaten by the centralized one. And even if they were to figure out a solution, it would be very hard, if at all, for a way to catch up. So Frax and Dai actually play this purpose of like allowing for this experimentation to happen. Mm, I like that. Keith, what's your what's your thoughts on this uh, stablecoin debacle? Yeah. Give us yeah. the answers. I see I you gonna... pondering over there. You're like, oh, I already know the answer. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. I, I, I may have a, a smooth brain question to ask the, the both of you since all three of us here are, you know, proclaimed smooth brainers. Now, <laughs> is a stablecoin, is it more important for the stablecoin to have the one-to-one collateral backing? Or is it more important for the stable coin to have the liquidity for you to exit in case there is a bank run? Like, if you had to pick one of those to be priority number one, do you prioritize collateral so that it's one-to-one at all times and you can just redeem? Or do you prioritize liquidity that even if there were a bank run of everybody, it's still one-to-one? I have an answer to this. If you want to go... Rob, if you want to go first, you can. Uh, wait, if it's one-to-one backed, wouldn't you still be able to redeem one-to-one? Like, wouldn't you be able to, if there was a bank run, wouldn't you still be able so, to? My, so right now with Frax, for example, Frax is about like 93% collateralized. Right, right. But the, on the liquidity front, like it's actually impossible for you to break the peg because of the outstanding a number of fracks that is not controlled by the the frax protocol. So if everybody out there who held frax ran into the curve pool and just swapped mm. everything, the peg won't break cuz frax has enough a protocol on liquidity to absorb all of that. Right, right, right. right. So Yeah, you know, so I I'm, I'm, it, it's like, you know, the first backstop is the liquidity in the curve pool and like the backstop of last resort is the one-to-one collateral. So to answer mm-hmm. your question, I think it's the one-to-one redeemability is the most important thing. Like that is the basis of a stable coin. And then the next thing mm-hmm. is liquidity. Both vital and, and important, but in terms of order of importance, that like that's the basis of everything. Even like before stable coins and crypto and all this stuff, like you're, you wanted your dollars to be one-to-one redeemable by with gold. Um, and you want, you know, it's, this has been played out through time, basically. Mm. Hmm. I, uh, yeah, I, I think one-to-one, but I'm going to take a different angle. I think because early on to build the psychological support of knowing that the peg is always there, I think it's important. And I think Frax has done a really good job actually of, of kind of proving me wrong there though. Uh, mm-hmm. which is which is awesome but i do agree at the end of the day like that one to one uh is I, I that's what i would prefer in my stable coin but i i mean again i think frax is kind of proving me wrong in some ways and the liquidity is working on on you, what you guys are doing and having that extra capital efficiency so uh, I don't know. Y'all, y'all are smarter <laughs> building a stable coin than me. So don't listen to my smooth brain things. <laughs> no, not, not at all. Not at all. I, I, I'd love to hear the, these thoughts from people because for me, like I'm actually more of the uh, uh, liquidity school of thought because I'm like, liquidity as, as school of thought. 
Because <laughs> then, like, if it can't break, like, if the peg, for example, let's say it's back one one, but there's like no liquidity on this stable coin, and anytime somebody trades in and out of it, there's massive slippage, and the only way for you know someone to kind of arbit back to the peg is to you know buy it and redeem it for the underlying collateral, and then etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Like, I, I think that is so kind of inefficient, and it sounds more like a bug than 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 a feature. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Like, if there's liquidity problems, like, it's just, it's not going to work. I guess, like, you're right. Like, liquidity is the most important thing. I I was just, like, going about it from, like, oh, like, the order effects of, like, oh, what would happen, like, for fracks if, like, liquidity first and then there's no liquidity, which is impossible. But if it was possible, like, it would be redeemable. But, like, liquidity, water is life, literally. That's what I say. <laughs> and 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 they, um, Dave said this thing that just kind of blew my mind on like two pods ago, where he was like, um, uh, "USDC is the largest RWA on chain," and like that alone, I was like, "Wow, that is so fucking mm. true." That's <laughs> it's literally yeah. the first real world <laughs> asset on chain, and like yeah. when people talk. <laughs> when people are like, there's no product market fit for, you know, real world assets on chain. Like now I just point them to the market cap. There's like, there's 50 billion reasons why there's product market yeah. fit for real world asset on chain. At least you know? we pray they're real world assets. <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, well, we yeah, yeah. yeah. No, for sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah, but that agree. leads that's, me to that's, my, that's my... well said. Yeah, that leads me to my question of like, what what are your thoughts on on uh, RWA and its space in DeFi? Uh, you know, I I just went to a like crypto uh, crypto what is it called like a like a get together type thing, and they talked about uh, real estate on chain and the future of that. Uh, I actually think that would be interesting, just because it create more liquidity around real estate. Like if I can put my house into Aave and then like borrow against it, uh, borrow like USDC or something against it, that would be super interesting. And it just creates uh, more ease of liquidity or being able to take out loans uh, for a house or something, using that as collateral instead of like not wanting to do like a Wells Fargo, like 7% right now. That's really cool. But in terms of, I think there's a lot of just idealism around real world assets on chain that I don't see coming in the in the near future that I'm not like super hyped about. I mean, I think it was like a day one thing where everyone was trying to do a, you know, was it ICO around like, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring paper clips on chain, you know, or whatever. <laughs> My favorite and was like, like and Bitcoin. Bitcoin and pot, yo, pothole down. Yeah. Oh my God. And like, I'm, I'm bearish on like 99% of them, honestly. But mm-hmm. I think the things that do come on chain and do work will be awesome and, and do offer, uh, excuse me, offer liquidity options that are kind of necessary and awesome. And I think like, Cars and houses would be cool if we could figure that out. Uh, just because I fucking hate traditional finance. Like, yeah. I went to get a car and they made me put fifty percent down, and I had to. And my eight, my fucking oh. rate is seven percent. This is when rates were like at two percent, wow. all because I hadn't leased a car before. Even though I showed them like hella proof of income, hella money, like everything. I have an excellent credit score. All because I bought my first car instead of leasing it. Right. 
And like, that's basically just like a fuck you, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there's no reason for that. They're just like, hey, we can do this thing. So here you go. You know, we're going to charge you out the ass because Mm -hmm. you didn't meet these like random requirements that we just arbitrarily created or, you know, whatever, even though you meet every other requirement in all the best ways. So I think having options around those important real world assets, that's exciting to me. Uh, How we're going to build that out, I'm not sure. you know, a lot of yeah. experimentation around that might be scary. Like, I don't want to lose my house in an Ave hack or something, you know, or like a, a hack. Like, right. you know, people are losing apes. You don't want to lose your house, house because yeah. you, know, you have your keys on chain. So I, I think it's there's potential there, but I'm wary and, and bearish on a lot of it. But, you know, the, the fun thing about the space is there are smart people that are going to figure out ways to do this stuff and when it comes through it'll be it'll be cool yeah what do you guys think i mean i i feel like real world assets you know popular bus term i was really big into it um i was really hyping up bridge uh during the first half of the year so i call that connecting with the real world on chain is that like bridges on chain like i could buy the george washington bridge <laughs> yeah hey i got i got a bridge to sell you <laughs> you want a deal i'm just kidding so yeah no like bridge like connecting like you know like whether it's uh real estate or whether it's you know cross border exchange um whether it's mm. you know p- you know p2p loan like different types of loans like done in the real world like you know short-term medium-term credit loans like there are opportunities where like you know there needs like there should be like a lot a pool of capital um that's like hard to get but because the you know of like how the real world works with like blackout dates and this and that but since the chain's on 24 7 like those pools are always available so that gives like a lot of bridge fight opportunity um the second half of the year i became like less bullish on it for now of happening of like i'm bullish on it long term bridge five but like i don't think it's going to happen immediately um and i really right. like the way Frax is going about it, it's like we're going to prioritize one real world asset, and that real world asset is getting a Fed master account and having bring that yield on chain. Um, I think that's a re- you know, especially with their model of like trying to be the central bank of DeFi, that's a really way mm. of going about it. Um, so that's kind of like my thoughts about it. Um, I'm still like living on chain and looking for opportunities on chain, and um, I was in kid, I was going to ask you like what you think. And after this, I want to go into real yield on chain and get your guys' thoughts on that. So when I think of art, what you guys talked about the the houses, I just, in my mind, just went to like, imagine people could flip houses, like they flip NFTs on OpenSea. And it's mm. it's just that easy. Like there's no 90 day escrow waiting, that or that. Like, yeah. no, like everything is all cash. You just literally just flip houses. Like, like on a like pseudo AMM too. Like, wouldn't that be crazy to, to, to think about? But like, hey, houses in this neighborhood is going to be all like NFT-fied. And then, you know, you could literally just flip it on OpenSea casually as long as you can pay cash for it. And like, or, or you can even finance it, right? There's a ton of like um, NFT financing, uh, like, like Astaria, whom, whom we just had on um, uh, uh, previously. And... For me, I think real world assets that are alternative real world assets without the regulatory overhang will probably be the first thing to come on chain, right? Like, you know, I, I think fine art and th- things of, of that nature is going to watch is definitely going to be a 
the first avenue to get on chain before any of these like more regulated real world assets would. Yeah, like those are smaller, the better. I mean, that's still big. Don't get me wrong, but like less complicated. Like like you said, yeah. yeah. No, no regulatory overhang. That's gonna that's gonna right, be the thing right. that kills any real world assets to come on chain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, speak speaking of uh, just any you know assets. You know, let's let's move the conversation a bit from real world to real yield. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on the real yield narrative that have that has come about over since the summer? Um, Ro, go ahead. So. Define that for me. Like, wh- what do you consider that, or like, how do you? I consider how do you it. See that, or it's fun. I was actually just thinking about it before the interview. Like, real yield on chain. Where does it come from? And um, before this was even, it's always existed. And where it came from on chain, it's just speculation. It's just been people right. like levering up. That's where the yield came from throughout the oh, entire yeah. bull cycle. And it happened in the bull cycle. And like, I guess like the foundation of real yield was the GPTC trade, like people just levering up on that. Mm-hmm. And then it's just kind of like trickling down to all of DeFi and like letting all these games being played. And it, it came at a time when like interest rates, rates in the real world were really low. And so you had these opportunities on chain. So everybody was like aping in, had money and like, you know, there everything was flowing. But now it has like switched. And now the interest rates in the real world are higher. The yields are lower on chain because people are speculating less the place where like real yield is you know has the spotlight is on gmx with glp and glp you know gmx is you know it's a speculation platform it's a derivatives platform so people are just speculating on that and now glp is just becoming a money lego and now everybody's like building on top of it whether it's like you know using it as collateral investor or people building debts for neutral strategies so the thing with real yield is like i think it needs to like grow out of for it to be sustainable, it needs to like grow out of just being based on speculation because there's always inherent risk in speculation. I mean, it's like, you know, um, it's nice to like have like the real yield and it's like organic on chain, but like, is it sustainable yield? Like, I mean, with, for example, with like Umami, like, like it's for with Umami that when they came out with their first like Delta neutral vault, they had to shut it down because it wasn't working. So like they're coming out with their V2 vault and like, I'm sure it's going to be improved, but like, I wonder like how, like what, what will need to be done to make like real yield sustainable on chain? Like, how can we like harness the power of like speculation and like, you know, kind of like bring it down so we can have sustainable yield for all. Um, and I was really toying with that at, before this interview. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I actually fully agree with you. Uh, one of our partners, uh, Risk Finance is doing uh, some really interesting stuff around like mm. delta new delta neutral yield with like option strategies and they're, mm. they're just fucking giga brains over there but uh they have a really interesting vault um around like a delta delta neutral type strategy uh this they call it uncorrelated yield which which i think mm. i think i agree with you like in the future we do need more uncorrelated yield strategies whether we're in a bull or a bear right because Everything is based upon speculation right now in crypto. Like there's so much liquidity that in a bull market, it's it's awesome to just have easy access to liquidity for speculation. And yet we've seen in the bear, like that all disappears when volume is down, when price is down. Yeah. And exactly. so yeah. 
I think there has to be more tie-ins to uh, other use cases for yield or uh, more security maybe around even just price, right? Like Mm -hmm. I was thinking about, even if I wanted to like take out an Aave loan against my uh, ETH because it's, you know, because it's so cheap right now, it's it's a little scary because ETH could still go down like another 50%, you know, like- we've seen it happen before. Whereas like on chain during the bull market, everyone's like, okay, you know, it could set my collateralization factor, like fucking, you know, 75% or some, you know, some Mm -hmm. super high shit. And -hmm. then all of a sudden everyone's getting liquidated left and right. And it's like, that's not, that doesn't make it useful for more real, real world cases, right? Where you're, if you're trying to buy a car with, with, you know, USDC, you borrowed or something like, you don't want a 30% move to, to liquidate you and then, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're shit out of luck with a car or something, right? So I think uh, more security and then more tie-ins to, to other aspects of revenue besides just like you're saying, speculation, which, which most, most of it is built on now. Yeah. Uh, even, even like a, a GMX and, and that type of scenario where it is just derivative of speculation, right? And mm-hmm. just taking like, you know, other sides of the trade or whatever. So it... It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I think my suspicion is once we go back into a bull, it, everything will go right back up and everyone will forget that this yeah. shit ever happened. You know, it'll be like, every oh, time. Yeah, this back. <laughs> yeah every you time. know, and it's like, we this don't have to change different. anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just, and, and yeah. you know, it's again, but like even, even in that scenario, if we do do a, a super cycle, so to speak, right? Like a cycle that, we don't have a another giant bear market in the next like 10 years and it's more of a slow grind up or whatever. It's not going to be 10% yields on Aave, you know, for that whole entire time or anything like that. Like that's just not how it works. We're just in such a high volume kind of bull market, uh, a lot of narrative built. So uh, unfortunately, I don't think it's a space where a lot of people are actually going to care to build out what might be needed when when the bull is back on but there are some smart people doing doing you know interesting things like like risk like uh, like some of these other protocols so yeah i was gonna gonna say actually kate um, what what do you think of real yield i I had one more thing to say but i want you to go the realest yield is going to be the eth staking yield Oh, there we go. I, I thought you were going to say the friends we made along the way, but yes, you're right about the staking yeah. yield. Yeah, 100%. I mean, both of them yeah. are highly sustainable. Both those yields are highly both sustainable. Highly yeah. Sustainable. yeah, yeah, yeah. One's absolutely. tangible, one's intangible. Yeah, yeah, you know, down on PNL, but up on friends. You know, up yeah. on friends, Matt, big ups. But it, yeah. I mean, that's where I think the the real yield like that's it starts becoming scary is when. If the native base assets going to give you like six, seven percent, and it's going to mm. obviously cost you more to borrow that, and if people wanted yeah. to, like, you know, um, leverage or, or short ETH, like it's going to be extremely expensive to short ETH. Like you're you're gonna have to pay that, you know, X staking yield plus an interest rate on top of that. So I, I think it's gonna be very, um, it's gonna shake up DeFi once that gets way more incorporated. Yeah. I, I like ins- that. I was ins- yeah, I agree. Like the realest yield is the LSD ETH staking yield. And I also was going to add um, Uni V3, the concentrated liquidity um, yields, mm. especially from the blue chip pairs like ETH, USDC, 
Um, also from like exotic pairs that are one percent that just launched. Like that is real yield. We can't deny. Like those are like okay, fees. but wait. Yeah, a lot of uni pool like most uni LPs like don't make money though. I'm I'm just talking about the fees. I'm not talking about impermanence. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. In terms of like, yeah, in terms of like just just fees, like, and if you know what you're doing and you do it right, like you can make you can make money. But yes, like mo- most LPs are at a loss, and that is a problem because there aren't proper hedging strategies yet for uni LPs. But there's like a bunch of new things coming out. I think you know, there's stuff like Gamma Swap. There's stuff like Panoptic, like there's there's stuff out there. Croc swap. Croc swap. Croc swap. <laughs> yeah. Croc yeah. I'm really excited for Croc swap. Like really yeah. excited. <laughs> aren't they like uh like they are uh like the base layer, like the node layer of uh bearer chain. Like it's just built into the chain. Like Yeah, right? Croc swap is gonna be heavily integrated into bearer. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna be that's gonna be exciting to see. I'm excited. Crocswap launch or are they? When are they launching? They haven't launched yet. Uh, no announcement as to as to a concrete launch date yet. Mm. Mm. I, I definitely mm. like this shift that we have going from instead of food farms is now animal farms. We have Crocswap. <laughs> we have Crocswap. We have Barachain. <laughs> we're we're yeah. just building up the agriculture. You know, we're, we're yeah. basically cavemen just farm. redoing that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're, we're start domestic- with. <laughs> we're domesticating animals now. Yeah. Exactly. That's, exactly. That's too funny. That's too funny. Yeah, um, I wanted to bring it more um, into actually, you know, I want to bring it more into like, you know, the currency of the market for builders, because, you know, we all are builders at heart. Um, you know, what do you think, like, you know, the cur- for being a builder right now, like at this stage, like bear times, like, what do you think of like the current state? And what do you think builders should focus on? Like, what would be your advice to builders right now? Yeah, so we're talking to a lot of our partner protocols who are coming out now or coming out soon. And I think the the game has changed in the bear in some ways for better, some ways for worse. Like in the bull, the game was throw a token out kind of as soon as possible, you know, set up this kind of LP, you know, uh, make sure you have like this and this and all these areas of speculation and whatever. And now we're, we're telling a lot of our builders, like don't release a token. Now there's, there's, unless it's integral to what you're trying to do, and uh, you have like very specific ways in which it's going to help the protocol and is need for the protocol and is going to accrue value. Like, why would you release it now? There's really no need. Um, you know, it's going to be a down only chart. And like that, that doesn't help anyone really. And so we're also saying like, hey, this is an opportunity where you have time in the bull market People are just spamming Discord, you know, 24 fucking seven, like when protocol, when protocol, when release, when, when this, token. when that, you know, when token, just, you know, like I want to ape all this money in, right? There's an opportunity now to take, take the time in building whatever you're building. Make sure it's tested. You can start, you know, when protocols are releasing, they're not, you know, super hyped right now on the front page of everyone's Twitter, uh, getting like a billion DGENs you know, trying to jump in. It's like you can start with capped farms on more experimental things to like make sure that uh, the safety is there, right? To make sure the functionality is there to, you know, collect data on how things should be built. Um, Like there's an opportunity here where 
because the level of attention isn't as focused and uh, as it was in the bull market, like there's, you're allowed to build in the bear market and Mm -hmm. set the foundation. And if you can build a really strong foundation over the next year, where when year and hopefully the bull, you know, turns back up in the next year or two, whatever, if that foundation is there and people are starting to, to come back again and you're like, Hey, look at this wide range of products we offer that are working, that we know are safe, you know, that we've, we've thoroughly built out. We've built out with partnered protocols that, you know, we have all these integrations now. And that's really exciting because you have, you don't have all the pressure, right. Or all the expectations or, you know, the, the weight of having a billion dollars day one in, in this new experiment you're trying. Uh, and yet now you can, you can build out slowly the way you want to, you can, uh, create, craft the narrative of, of what you're trying to do, why you're trying to do it. Um, and so you can kind of take your time with things. And then when the time is right, like release the token that has the best tokenomics, right? Really. I think this is a new time to think out tokenomics models because we've seen a lot of them are, are not functioning the way, you know, people hope they would and build out a smart tech tokenomics model and, and release it when the time is right. Not when, you know, you, you feel like the whole community is badgering, badgering yeah. for it. It's funny. Like you say that it's really a, a matter of timing more than anything uh, with Frax, especially like observe, you know, they've been building since like 2019, um, like the stable, having uh, an algorithmic decentralized stablecoin is not a new idea. Um, you had basis cash like way back in the basis. I mean, basis way back in the day and whatnot, but it was really like not the right time when it was like released, when it was like mm. planning in 2018, 2019. It was only when Curve came out. It was only there was an option on chain to have stable swaps and always like have the liquidity right. for one-to-one swaps that it became possible for decentralized stable coins to exist. And that was the time for Frax to be released. Um, and that's how you had like the whole like first generation of stable coins with ESD, DSD, basis cash mm-hmm. and everything. What a crazy, that was a crazy time. Um, I actually was like <laughs> checked out of crypto. I was on hiatus at that time, but um, yeah, I, so I missed all the action, but just like being observing kind of from the sidelines, it was like everybody had their first whiff of, uh, you know, that kind of type of DeFi build. The kinds of, that kind so of Ponzu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask Rogue, like what successful tokenomics that you've seen this this last cycle that you, you kinda hope to see more iterations on? Ooh. That's a good question. That is a good question. Um <laughs> uh, you know, I think I think we actually just did v1 of tokenomics right and i think we're gonna need to like rebuild the blueprint in a lot of ways for v2 i think the infinite print tokenomics model isn't working and i think we figured that out right i think um the ve tokenomics model wasn't the like savior that everyone wanted it to be uh i i think tokenomics is gonna be a really interesting area to look at um and this is the time to do it, right? Like the bull market is not, it's easy to do tokenomics in the bull market, yeah, right? Everything's just up. You press click, you, you know, you <laughs> click and you release token and that's, that's it. <laughs> you know, you don't really need to do anything because number goes up. But I think 
you know, there are opportunities. Like I, I do think um, the GMX, you know, their two token model is interesting in terms of uh, being able to offer yield, right? Like in, in uh, you know, there are people who are saying it's not as 100%, well, it's sustainable, but maybe not 100% safer. Like there are people who are saying that. I'm not trying to speculate on that or whatever. But I, I do think there are going to need to be actual ways in which tokens accrue value in which they have meaning and purpose for a protocol, not just like a speculative vehicle, right? Because while that's fun in the bull market, right? We can all buy something that has a good narrative and sell it when the tension leaves it, right? That's not great for the actual protocol. And it hurts a protocol where if people see uh, a chart and it's down 98%, they might think, okay, this is a rug, this is a Ponzi. When in reality, the protocol itself might be incredibly good and functioning well, right? It's just a reflection of the tokenomics model, right? There's no actual correlation between token price and how well the protocol is working. And so I think it's harmful. It can be harmful when people see a chart that looks like, you know, the Burj Khalifa and the protocol is doing well, right? Where uh, we want a tokenomics model that's more sustainable, that accrues value to holders uh, I, I want to see more experimentation around governance and trying to build governance models that actually reward good participants, not just, you know, whoever can buy the most of the time and to push a vote or to do, you know, whatever just happens to be an early bag holder or whatever. Um, so I, I want to see more experimentation on both sides of, of the token as to like value accrual uh, use cases and also governance so that it it really supports each holder and whatever their focus is, right? Um, are there any governance models you do like right now? Uh, that's a good question. <sighs> you know, I haven't been diving too deep into like a lot of the the newest changes to, to some of the protocols that are probably experimenting the most. But I... I mean, I like what kind of Parallela is doing where they have a uh, echelon, which is a committee of like people that are voted in by the community that uh, really know their shit and are smart, but they also have, uh, you know, token voting and governance models where that users can vote and, and so it's decentralized in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, there's kind of a balance between like having the experts who know their shit, uh, but who are elected and also a decentralization aspect to it. Um, but I would like to see more experimentation around like maybe NFTs that give you a voting power boost because you're a great community member or, you know, some sort of like rewards you get for being active and creating forms and like doing whatever. So, uh, I think there's a lot of people trying a lot of different things right now. And um, I'm not sure. I, I think we haven't reached what the, what it can look like yet. We're at, you know? we're at the beginning stages of both tokenomics economically and also governance uh, from a political perspective when it comes to our protocols. Yeah, and not in a bad way, right? Like it just means we have more to try out and, and that's exciting. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. And um, 
before the pod, you uh, mentioned to us you had some Yunt uh, Alpha you wanted to share. So, you know, we're me and Kid are both at the edge of our seat. We're curious, like, what is this Alpha <laughs> that you have for us? <laughs> so uh, we were talking about content earlier on, and uh, that's something that's always been super important at Yunt is, you know, we we believe in this shit, and we're always trying to to your point, like give good narratives, tell the story of crypto, make it easy for people to understand, make it easy for people to get involved who want to. And so we've uh, been building for maybe a year now, a long time now, we've been building out uh, a website. We're calling it The Pond. And it's basically, we're building it as a one-stop shop for all things crypto information. So it's going to have the most basic how-to articles on how to set up a MetaMask, how to use a DEX to swap that you can send to your normie friend who wants to get involved to the most degen shit of like in-depth articles written by some of the smartest people in the space as to like, you know, how liquidity works on DEXs or, or more philosophical stuff. Like I wrote a piece on the value of anonymity in this space. Right. And mm. so we're, we're trying to build this one-stop shop where we're inviting all content creators, um, all writers, anyone who uh, loves this space and has something to say. We want it to be a place for all sorts of information to come together in one spot so that at every level you can, you can go from beginner to expert and read all different perspectives, uh, learn all different aspects of crypto. And we're hoping to be able to monetize it in the future so we can pay creators that we can bring in really talented people to to help share the vision as to what we're doing here. And um, we're close to release on that. That should be um, in the next few weeks. And we're super excited. We're going to have some awesome content to roll out right when that starts. And, you know, uh, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to that. And it's, it's, it's something that's important to us because, like you're saying, we're content creators. We love sharing the vision here. And uh, it's, it's exciting for us. So... Thank you for letting me uh, share some of that alpha alpha. <laughs> alpha alpha. We love oh, yeah. alpha alpha. We love it. Yeah. We love it. And Rogue, let me ask you, what made you decide to cast like a, a or, or the young guys together, cast a wide net to cover both beginner and super expert degen versus like, you know, one or the other? Yeah. So, you know, there's, there is a lot of great content in this space, but we found it to be uh, somewhat dispersed, and that could be intimidating for both the beginner and the expert, right? Where uh, you're you're kind of flipping back and forth. You're always looking for a new newsletter or sign up for a new thing, and and we'd like the idea of you know we might not cover everything, but we're gonna have a broad scope so that if you want to go from beginner to expert, you can stay here and and you know, read articles every step of the way or listen to the podcast or, you know, do this or do that. And so we want it to be a one-stop shop for like really all the, all the important crypto needs of whatever side of the user. And, and I think that's also exciting from a content creator perspective where, you know, if this is the one location where most people come to read about crypto, then I want to publish my stuff on there. Right. And so that also draws in some of the best creators in the space. So it's kind of like a, a symbiotic re relationship, we're hoping, where we get to publish some of the best stuff for our readers. And so they can, you know, full stack, 
learn about crypto and then writers will want to come and get their stuff published here because then it gets seen by a lot of eyes and and they you know, know that there'll always people coming to it you know this reminds me of a like a web3 hacker noon um because hacker noon mm. has are you familiar with hacker noon at all i'm not super familiar but kid are you familiar with hacker noon i've heard of them and i've read some some articles but not too familiar yeah it's i would describe them as like a like a tech website but they have like a lot of their content community sourced um and they and like they focus on a lot of things whether it's like how to code or like you know what it's like running like an online business like a like a writing shop or like i used to write articles like way back in the day like covering like trending topics on what um everpedia when i worked on that and so like it just had like a plethora of content beginner content you know current cultural content current event content advanced content and like the fact that it's community generated um, like you were saying, it kind of reminds me of that. Like, but this is like specifically for crypto. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And and we at Yunt, where we've already been writing articles, so we're super excited to share that. But we want this to be collaborative, and you know, uh, we we hope you know we can then build sponsors out more, so we can you know really pay some of these amazing content creators that we have in the space. And you know, we're we're looking to really uh, build it out as fun as possible, and it's going to have. Uh, it's going to be a pretty website too, which I'm really excited about. We we got some uh, good designers and everything, and it's going to have some fun pond uh, degen frog imagery and every, all that. So I think <laughs> it'll just be like a fun place to get your crypto news, you know, to read about the newest shit. And also, we wanted a place to like send friends who are interested because I think it isn't easy for a lot of people to get started, right? Like, okay, maybe setting up a MetaMask, you want to go to this website or you want to learn how to swap a DEX. Now you got to go to YouTube. Okay, now you want to learn safety protocols. You got to go read this Twitter thread, right? Like, it's just so scattered and we're, we're trying to bring it all under one roof um, for kind of everyone's benefit and, and we're hoping uh, people enjoy it. And yeah, yeah, that's the uh, kind of vision. Hell yeah. Makes a ton of sense. I would love to send my normies friends there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I mean, also, like, I feel like there could be great synergy between that and fly, a flywheel, right? We could easily plug in and be like the stable coin corner for you guys and kind of help could be educate the, people the on, super that, advanced on that. Esoteric co- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's like the subreddit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, like that's, I think the beauty of it, right? Is like the guys who know all the basics and, and know maybe the more test technical aspects about that can write about that. And then the guys like you who are in the like super niche, but really important aspect of like the stable coins and knowing that in depth. But you guys love talking about it. You guys love sharing it. And you guys can come here and do that as well, right? Like, it. I love the collaborative nature and how we mm-hmm. can kind of build that out. So y'all are always welcome. You know that. Y- y'all live in my heart. So let's go, <laughs> yes, baby. Composability. Content composability right here. Hey, the, there it is. The Pond Yunt Flywheel Alliance. <laughs> Man, that's too powerful. Yeah. Too powerful. Where Where powerful. Watch out. The Pond. Where did the name Where of the, the pond name? come from? Uh, we just always love like degen frogs, you know, just being a frog. And so, and we like, 
you know, it's That's gonna good. go from beginner where it's like you're a tadpole, mm-hmm. you know, and, th- and then oh, you're okay. immediate. You, you're like like a middle frog, and then you grow up, and you're like the fucking degen frog sitting on the rock, you know, the frog stroking king, stroking your beard. Yeah, yeah the degen frog <laughs> king. And so uh, we we just and it's just like fun imagery. Uh, it's it's it, we I don't know. We're fucking smooth brains. So smooth <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, speaking of like. Degen and culture stuff. I want to get into like culture a bit more. Um, and something I like to always like ask or guess is like when it comes to DeFi evolving um, and growing up, like, do you think DeFi needs to like grow up a bit or do you think DeFi should just stay close to its Degen roots? Ooh, that's an interesting question. I, never I get different answers. Yeah, I get different <laughs> answers. So I always like asking it. Uh, man, I, I love the atmosphere we have, honestly, because what, what I love about crypto and one of the things that keeps me here is I think there's so many awesome people here and for all the scammers, there's, I, I think like twice as many good people who, who love seeing each other win, who do want to build out something better for the future and who love to fuck around on Twitter and like make jokes and, you know, have this lighthearted attitude. And I think that's something that I really enjoyed where like in a trad fi, right? In a bear market, everything's so serious and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it, it feels so hard and everyone's like cutthroat where, you know, in, in crypto, when everyone's losing money, everyone's losing money. But like in a, in a way where it's like we all feel down bad, we're all here to help each other. We're all here to make jokes and, and try and brighten the day when needed. But we also take it seriously and, and you know, uh, don't fuck around when it comes to scammers and mm-hmm. uh, call them out for shit when, when, when it needs to be done. So I, I like the ecosystem here. I do think there are things that do need to be changed, like... Uh, around, you know, we, we, we gotta be more inclusive of like, I know there are women in the space that don't always feel, you know, super comfortable because of stuff like that's not, that's not what I love. Um, we need to be kind of better about that sort of stuff, but overall, Mm -hmm. like, I think if we can keep a wholehearted import, like lighthearted, um, caring attitude and, and, and treat each other as friends and, and know that we are kind of really all in this together. Um, I, I, I think it's for the best, you know, there's so much seriousness in the world. I'm not sure we need to, you know, turn this into trad and be like, you know, whatever. (laughs) That's exactly how trad five sounds. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I think the most most important thing you said there is like, we're all in this together and like, we all have our own like kind of like crews and clicks and whatnot. Like you have young capital, we have like flywheel fracks or other ones and whatnot, but like, the end of the day, like we all come together when like shit really hits the fan. Like something I really love about the space is let's say there's like a vulnerability or a hack. Um, like devs will literally like drop everything. And like, even if they're a competitor yeah. or something, they were like, go help. Like what I remember with like Sushi, they had like a potential vulnerability and Sam CZ's son from Paradigm found it, you know, invested in Uniswap, blah, blah, blah. And like they went and they like, they knew like for the good of the space, it was like our time to like come together to like fix this and make sure everything's safe. Um, and like the fact like people are there to help because they know like, you know, that could happen to them one day. And like when that happens to them, like you want somebody in your corner to help you out as well. Mm -hmm. And so like, especially in these early days, it's like, 
really important that we all stick together and have each other's backs. Yeah, fully agree. That that sense of community, I think if we could keep that for as long as possible, um, that's for our mm-hmm. benefit. You know, like if we're building out finance, having a sense of community, having a sense of, you know, what's best for you is best for me as well. I, I think that's really important just, just in all of life, um, mm-hmm. but this as well. So yeah, fully agree. Yeah. What do you think, Kit? Okay. So you you know, you guys are thinking since we're essentially redefining finance, we should also redefine the culture of finance. Yeah. Right? From from TradFi, like, you know, yeah, yeah, where yeah. anonymity is, you know, not even questioned, like, you know, you're not having a, a camera on and the free flowing of ideas is commonplace, you know, and, and that's kind of where we are. I just find it, I'm torn because obviously I like our corner of the internet. But if we want billions of people to, to use this, I don't know if billions of people like this, you know, anime PFP or these 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 memes or like, you know, I don't know I if think, our culture can hit mainstream. I think it's already I think it's already I think it's already expanding like like the term web three itself is bigger than DeFi and crypto. Like, yeah, we have our corner yeah. of the internet and like I think we're kinda like a backbone with our values, you know, we're like, you know, we're like a very, you know, a denominator in that. But there's also like stuff like board apes and like stuff like more mainstream uh, stuff out there. That's like, I wouldn't say, or NFTs, like NFTs are attracting, or like the top of the funnel of attracting re- more common, like regular folk into Web3, quote unquote. And that's like complete NFT people have like completely different like priorities and values than like, let's say, DeFi people and like even like Bitcoin people, like the difference mm-hmm. of values between like Bitcoin and Ethereum people and whatnot. So like, you know, there, there's going to be constant like evolution and splitting and forking and this and that. Um, but it's like a matter of like, where do we like hold strong when like shit hits the fan and like whatever our, our values are when shit hits the fan. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. I like, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Just ranting off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, Listen, I'm going to be Rogatachi either way. So like it or not. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Hey, like it or not. I'm, I'm going to be DeFi Dave no matter what. Whether I get, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, um, I, I, I feel you guys. I, I mean, I, I get it. I, I love, like I said, I love our corner of the internet. You know, my only concern is like, I don't know if our culture can scale exactly like Jan said it's so eloquently. Yeah. It's like Definitely. does <laughs> does the tech become its users or does the users become its tech? Like because like people had it's funny, like if you like look at like MySpace when it first started, like it had everyone learning HTML. Like ev- guys, girls and like everybody just oh, wanted to right. like, check out their mm. their profiles and like people had to like get like a certain level of skill in order to participate. And that definitely like, you know, the medium is the message. So like you had to like that using that like shaped you and shaped your interactions and shaped how you showed yourself in the world in MySpace with like HTML profiles. Mm -hmm. And then like once like other social media, like Facebook and Instagram came along and it wasn't as like technologically, you know, intensive to like build a profile. You could just like upload photos, this and that. It's a lot easier. Kind of like it changed the the culture a bit for sure. Um, And then like you look at like Instagram culture as a whole, and then you have TikTok and TikTok culture as a whole, like, the medium is the message and it like shapes how like you present yourself and how you interact within like a certain system. Now with you apply that to crypto, like 
right now you have like signing in with like uh, signing in with MetaMask and signing transactions with like wallets and stuff. And I think like if you're like thinking about next cycle as it comes along and how like if we want like what what is it going to take for like more normies and regular people? It's probably going to come to like wallets and UI and that's going to like interact how like Web3 evolves as a whole. It's like what wallets is going to look like because like right now like it's MetaMask is like quite common, but like what's it going to like look like in the future? Like I don't expect it, especially after the privacy concerns to be like the de facto lingua franca, you know, it's probably going to be something else. I don't know what that looks like, but um, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Hmm. Kit, you want to start? <laughs> no, no, you go, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking yeah, of something else. You're the guest. Let's go yeah. rogue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a really, really good, uh, really good idea and interesting i think in in some ways i think the anon culture offers a sort of reprieve from a lot of the internet as it is now where like mm -hmm. instagram and tiktok and and twitter are so connected to identity and that could get exhausting in a way mm -hmm. right where you're always feeling like you have to present some sort of identity to others where you always have to be seen in a certain light or be a certain person where the kind of funness of anonymity is you get to try out a different identity. You get to speak in a way, in a, in a new way. You get to try out different jokes. You get to uh, be seen by others freshly. And I think some part of that does resonate with people and will be interesting I think the technology and the users, I, I think go hand in hand right now and that you do have to have a certain level of acumen to, to use the DeFi protocols to, to you know, get, yeah. get into the trenches there. But in the future, like you're saying, if we do want normies to adopt it, it needs to be easier. It needs to be safer. There needs to be different custody options, right? Um, yeah. You know, if my mom and dad want to use it, they barely know how to use the fucking like TV remote. You know, they're not going to be <laughs> yeah. able to use MetaMask. <laughs> like, but if there is uh, something that's as easy as like a, you know, Google or Chase.com for them to to use funds, then that kind of changes the game. So it's, it's interesting to think about. And there's going to need to be, I think, levels to kind of all of it where if you do want to be a super degen and, and have all these direct wallet access and full custody and all that, like that's great. And if you want something easier um, that has to exist in a safe and, you know, holding up the most of the principles as much as possible as well. Yeah. What do you think? Kit? Hmm. I really like what you said earlier about like, does the user become the tech or does the tech become the user? And <laughs> Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of marinating on that a bit because I, I know what you let mean. it sizzle like, let it sizzle yeah <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm gonna let that one sizzle and and and, yeah. and ping you back on that um but I, like, I i did want it to um mm -hmm. i was gonna say like another way you can think about this is like maybe this tech isn't meant for normies maybe we're building like dow to dow or like institution to institution tech and like this, what we're, what we're interacting with now, because it's in early stages is like as individuals, but in the future, because like, there's a lot of risk involved. It's like somewhat complex. It's somewhat complicated. Like, you know, we're really building like the financial infrastructure rails for, for the future global economy. Um, and like, I, that's why I see like 
Frax as being like this like DAO to DAO central bank and like it's all, it can offer these financial services to uh, DAOs that want to have a bootstrap in in their token, whether it's from a liquidity standpoint or a lending standpoint, like or just have like a stable security. Like there's all these different options that like Frax can have to like help tokens bootstrap. And that's just in Frax's um, context. There's like other protocols that offer different things. Um, and so as this space scales from like, you know, tens of billions of TVL to trillions of TVL, it's going to be interesting to see like how those rails evolve and who are the ones interacting directly with those rails in the end. And if they are, and like, how does that like funnel down to the user itself, themselves? Uh, what do you think, <laughs> Rogue Tachi? What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I I like that. We've thought a lot about how a lot of protocols are working more at the DAO to DAO level, and I think that mm -hmm. makes sense for a lot of protocols, right? Like, not everything has to be user focused, and there can be behind the scenes uh, kind of uh, builds and, and DeFi Legos, right? That are necessary, and uh, I think that's all important, right? Like, it doesn't have to be. Oh, we, we, we need just mass reset retail adoption. We need every, you know, yeah. retail person to get in that. Like that's not even necessary. We might just have end up with a mix of like retail, DGENs, DAOs, institutions, yeah. you know, people who are crazy DGEN traders and people who want an alternative to their local bank accounts, right? Like it can be just a, a mix of it all. And I I don't know if we have to even take over the global finance in infrastructure, but like, even if we're just an alternative in the next 10 years, I think would be a big win, mm -hmm. like a, like a strong, important, like a sustainable alternative. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity in different ways and it doesn't have to just be, okay, we need full retail adoption. We need full institution adoption. We need this or need that. Right. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of people building towards different users and that's for the best, in my opinion. Yeah. So, so what are your thoughts on CD5 then? Right? CD5. Like centralized in the front, but DeFi in the back? Like, would that be, do you think that's better than what we currently have in the traditional finance system? Uh, did you guys see the Maple shit? I didn't, I, I, uh, I saw a little I, bit. I, of I glanced it, over it, like, like the, unthought, starts with unthought, I don't know how to pronounce mm. the name. Somebody defaulted on their orthogonal. Loan. Orthogonal. Yeah. Orthogonal. It defaulted on their loan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. I um, did not see that. Can someone and catch so me now up? they're like, are they kind of fucked, or what's the deal with that? It seems like they're kind of fucked. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can someone catch me? Up? What, what what happened with orthogonal and, and and these guys? They lost like they eleven million. And like Maple was using it, or it was their reserves, and they were using it for like Earn program or something. I, I don't know. I might be a little off basis there. I just like briefly saw a thread. Got it. Rugged. Maple. Oh, that's so painful. Okay. All right. So wow. back to the the CD five. So like, you know, I I think we could cherry pick examples of of why these things is gonna go bust, but like. I can totally foresee a future where it's like, you know, you have the Wells Fargo and you can open up your, you know, crypto bank account and they obviously manage your keys, but you could theoretically check the reserves at any time because it's AKA on the blockchain and you can access, you know, Ave within this same uh, Wells Fargo portal, except it's obviously Ave in the back end, 
but they have like their front end and they like dilute the shit out of it where they only show like literally one market or something. Like I, I could totally see like reskinning yeah. of, of DeFi. Into I mean, isn't that, isn't that what FTX wanted to do? But they just wanted a monopoly on it. They wanted to be like the, the front end. See, like all of DeFi, you had to go through FTX to do it. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think that's I, part of their pitch. Yeah. Right. Like, being yeah. the like good guys, the the, the chase the bank good guys. offers the DeFi yields. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, I, I think in the future there will there will be things like that. Like, I don't think everyone wants custody, and I don't think it's a great idea for everyone for all their funds, right? Like, it's it's a weird world if everyone has their net worth, you know, in their house just chilling, you know, like that creates. Uh, Security new sorts of problems. Yeah, security mm-hmm. risks. But I do think that, um, you know, an ease of use in UI will attract some of that. Um, but I think for a lot of participants, it's still going to come down to they don't want to trust other people with their money. Um, and uh, and so I, I think they will exist, but I don't think those will be the, the de facto or the go-to um, at least that's kind of the hope for me. Yeah, me too. I think they'll, I mean, they'll have their place. Um, like, you know, exchanges have their place, but I like if we go like full circle back to the, the beginning of the interview, like what we want to see is like this transparent, decentralized, sovereign, uh, world that, you know, if you want to have control of, of your keys and your destiny, you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and on, yeah. And on that note, um, we're reaching the, towards the end of our podcast. And what we like to do at the end of these things is do a little lightning round to, you know, a little lightheartedness to uh, get to know you a little bit more. Just to get to know um, you better. Yeah. Just a little oh bit boy. More. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, I'm so, right. so nervous. I'm shaking. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll start with the first, I'll, I'll kick us off. Um, Rogue, what was your virgin crypto experience? And sexes don't count. <laughs> My first, so like first crypto experience. When did you first touch the chain? Oh man, I think I, I think my first thing was like I put money into Compound, and it was like, <laughs> it was either Compound or Maker, and like the what I paid in gas fees was like way more than I ever could have oh. made in like in uh, like <laughs> interest from nice. from putting it in. But it was cool to just try it. And this was back when gas fees were, were high. And I also opened a Maker Vault because I just the, the idea of Maker was so fucking cool to me. That's one of the first things that just like sold me on, on mm-hmm. crypto, um, the idea of like liquidity in that way. And I think I opened a Maker Vault. And at the time, it cost me like 200 bucks or something wow. to put in like, you know, to borrow like two grand of die or something, you know, just r- ridiculously stupid uh, type trade. But yeah, I think those were my, my first two. Okay. And uh, what is your favorite off-chain activity? Your favorite touch grass activity? Ooh, touch grass activity? Touch um, grass. I love, hit- <laughs> I love hitting the gym and traveling. Uh, those are my two favorite things. The gym gets me out of the house, gets the body moving, the blood flowing. Uh, I, love, I love lifting and, and, and traveling is um, just something I, I really enjoy. And uh, when I have the money for it, it's it's a it's always a great experience to go to new places, meet new people, and and kind of tune out from 
the everyday life and, and, you know, build new habits, you know, meet new people, that sort of thing. Do you normally travel by yourself or do you go with like a group? I travel by myself a lot, honestly, and I really enjoy it. I meet, I I just meet a lot of people that way. Um, Mm -hmm. But I really like traveling by myself, honestly. That's what I do a lot of times, but I'll I'll meet up with friends uh, as well, stuff like that. So I like, I like a mix. Yeah. What is some advice you'd give to yourself that's five years younger from you now? Five years younger? Yeah. Shit. What a, I would have been like early twenties. Um, honestly, it'd be like, trust the process. This is going to be a weird life, but trust you know, it. everything you do, you're going to learn from and like, you're going to get to where you need to be. And you know, yeah, just every, everything in life is a lesson. It doesn't have to be, even some of the hardest things are the best lessons. So just like always keep that in mind and, and know it works out at the end of the day and you're always learning and growing. That's, that's, uh, that's what I'd say. It's really beautiful. Okay. Thank yeah, you. I'm, I'm, okay. Also, I'm, I'm fuck calling. Bitches get money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fornicate with I, women. I got two. And acquire got, currency. Buy Bitcoin. I got no. two wholesome. I had to. No. Yeah. Buy, buy ETH. Would also, I'd definitely throw that in there too. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm calling an audible here. I normally don't ask this question, but I, I just, Ooh. you know, since we're having such a good vibe oh. here, what advice would you give your five year older self? Ooh, oh, what advice would I give my five-year-older self? Yeah. Um, dang, that's a good question. Uh, if you're in a bulla, sell. <laughs> <laughs> Take <it>. profits. <laughs> Take profits. I, I feel like that's a that's a buy echo. low, sell uh, high. <laughs> buy low, sell high. Yeah. All right. Advice and, uh, for any. The age. last question that I, yes, uh, the last question to to wrap us up here is like, if you weren't in crypto, what would you be doing professionally, career wise? Ooh, professionally, um, uh, probably writing in in some form or another. Uh, that's my other like major skill, and I'm I I do enjoy it a lot, and so. Uh, I still do it now, just not as much professionally. But yeah, probably some form of writing or another. Like a book or a journalist or? Uh, probably a book, but wow. it would also be cool oh, yeah, to fiction. like, yeah, yeah, wow, a full yeah novel. content for things I enjoy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, some 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 level of that. And I'm, I'm getting back into it in the bear too, um, for sure. Get, get a little more time on my hands, so diving back into that fun stuff. What about you guys? I want to hear your answers to that one. Oh God. Um, I think. Oh shit. <laughs> I mean, I'm praying I never have to get a normie job again. I, that's we, we need another cycle. Cause I can't go back to I'd you probably, know, <laughs> fucking waking up at 6am. Yeah. God, I'd probably be doing something in tech still. Like, I mean, I'd probably be doing some like tech BD role that isn't crypto. I think I would like go towards mm. that. If not, I'd be like a writer or in politics. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. What about you, Kit? I would either be in a uh, game design or game development. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I would you sign up life. for uh, parallel early access. I did not, bro. Do you have the plug? 
dude uh it's it's a tweet so uh, i could drop the tweet in the chat yeah but yeah definitely definitely sign up and get in that uh it's it's a blast so yeah will do well rogue thank you so much for jumping on man this has been such a pleasure right from the right from the get i felt like we just vibe real well (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's always a pleasure talking to you and and thank you guys both so much for having me on this this was a great time and this is a this is a dope pod i'm i'm happy we have some more uh excellent content creators in the space and some some smart dudes <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> it's good thanks, to have bro. you on rogue <laughs> can't wait to have you on the next one thank you sirs yes we'll catch you when the pond launches yeah, catch yes, in the pond. Yeah. Keep an eye out on the uh, Yunt Twitter uh, for that. The Yunt Capital Twitter for that. Dropping soon. Pond soon. TM. <laughs> cool, brother. Peace. Thank you so much. Peace, y'all. Thank you, everyone, for watching this episode of Flywheel. We had on Rogue Itachi from Yunt Capital and Goodwill Yunting. Um, final thoughts on this one, kid. What did you think? And I just sometimes I forget how good of a dude this this guy is. He is a good I, dude. I met him. Yeah. yeah, I think I met him a, a year ago, right now in in, in New York, and, and we had sushi. And again, right then and there, I also just vibed with him immediately too. And kind of seeing what he's built over the last year, and and all the builders he's helped. Like he's just really tapped in to the scene, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, now you can tell like he's on the ground. He has his pulse on things like, and he really cares about helping builders. And like, honestly, talking to him and listening to him, like I saw like a lot of myself in him. And I think like, that's why we vibed so well together because our values align so much um, in terms of like how we act in the space and where we want to see the space go. So like definitely like good pod. And like, we got deep into things. We got like deep into, you know, the discussions about like DeFi and like, you know, where yield is going and, where real world assets is going. So, you know, we covered a whole plethora of bases. Yeah. And there's not a lot of people we can do that with, you know, so I, know. I, I really enjoyed this pod. I hope the listeners enjoyed it as well. Yeah. If you want more culture and you want more deep conversations, do not forget to subscribe, hit that bell button, hit that like button. Let us know what you think on our YouTube. Don't forget, follow us on you on Twitter. At Flywheel Pod. Join the discussion on Telegram at Flywheel Pod. And follow me on Twitter at DeFiDave22. Follow me at 0xCapital underscore K. And we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Everything said on this episode is not financial or tax advice. This channel is strictly for educational purposes and is not in investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell any assets or to make any financial decisions. This video is not tax advice whatsoever. Please talk to your accountant and do your own research.